What's going on on my podcaster, C-Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle, bringing you another episode. I'm going to try and keep this, this, um, train going. I made one a couple days ago, I do believe. Um, so I basically just decided to get on here and make another one. So, um, just made it home from work. It was a pretty long day, but it went relatively well went smooth smoother than usual kind of like that we'll get into the nitty-gritty here in just a minute for now drinking on palmason I don't usually steer very far away I like to stick to things that I know that I like palmason's one of them um, just, just good brandy. Mm. Bottoms up. Mm. Man, that's just good stuff. <clears throat> You're feeling a little down under the weather. Why don't you just give yourself a shot of that? Anywho, so I've kind of been stuck in this rock in a hard place for a minute, for at least a couple months maybe, and the reasoning is, is because I'm stuck at this, this job that I've been working at this pizza place, and it's not really... It's not really sufficing. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I'm not getting paid what I thought I was going to be. There's twice as much work as what I thought there was. It's just not a very good job. Just not. You know, I could I could think of probably three other jobs right now that I'd rather work. I'd rather scoop horse shit at, at, at a stall at the state fairgrounds than to work at this place. So, with that being said, this past week... Probably a little more than a week, but for the past week, like I said, I've been, in my last podcast, I said I've been covering for my boss, because she got in a car accident. Now, I think she's full of shit, honestly. I mean, I'm just going to keep it very point blank and frank, but um, she showed up to work today. Now, she's she's been out for over a week because last Friday was a whole week and here it is uh, Tuesday so she's been out about a week and four days week and four days week and five days something like that um, pretty much damn near two whole work weeks actually it is two whole work weeks but anywho Last Friday, she was supposed to go and get staples taken out of her head, supposedly. Well, then it was Sunday, came around, she still hadn't been back, and she was supposed to get the staples taken out then. She come into work today, I talked to her for a little bit, and she basically told me that she never went to go get the staples taken out. 
and that she has to set up an appointment with her chiropractor this next week coming up and she had to go and get her staples taken out still and blah 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 so what she was doing was basically making up excuses to why she could call off that's basically what it is and I'm not stupid you know it doesn't take two weeks or two and a half weeks altogether to heal up from a busted head you know that you got stapled together so she makes it seem like she broke her collarbone and she's going to be out for four months or you know, it, it doesn't take that long let's put it that way and I'm not being inconsiderate I'm not being an asshole about it but it's just point blank frank just the way the cookie crumbles that when you're a general manager somewhere you got to pick up the slack you can't leave it up to your employees to hold your weight and that's basically what she's doing and things have been really willy-nilly for the past week because she's been having people come from other stores not doing things by the book, fucking everything up and uh, you know, making me look bad really at the end of the day because certain things that were supposed to be clean that didn't get cleaned it's common sense shit, everybody knows that it gets cleaned and you know things like the make table that wasn't put together the right way and so they knew something was up they're like hey who put together this make table I'm like well it was a mixture of like three different people that's probably been fucking with that table so anywho that being said I come into work today at four and all the way from four until seven o'clock so for three hours she didn't do a fucking thing she literally didn't do nothing she counted some shit and then she went home but the guy that works with us the cook lives in the same town so she scheduled herself off at 7 and scheduled him off at 11 and I'm like hey what the fuck what are we going to do with this you know because I'm not going to be here for four hours straight by myself running the cut table and the make table and cleaning shit up so what are we going to do and she's like well I can leave him here go to my grandparents house in Rochester which is 20-30 minutes away and then come back and pick him up I'm like fine that works that's great but you can tell she didn't want to because Deep down, at the end of the day, she knew that she was getting into her labor hours. And her labor hours, if she saves her labor hours, she gets a bonus. So she's been trying to keep people at the most minimum amount of hours that she can. She had Aiden, which is, um, I like to call him my side hand man. Aiden is like my second hand. If I need something done and I ask Aiden to do it, he's going to do it. He's not going to bitch about it. He might kind of complain about it, but he does it, no questions asked. And then me and him go outside and we smoke, and we smoke weed and smoke cigarettes and talk about shit. You know, it's just the way it is. He admitted to me tonight that even though he's got people above him, like me, that tells him what to do, he enjoys that. He enjoys having somebody above him telling him what to do. And he's a good worker. Um, pretty much 
without somebody telling him what to do, he would be lost, is basically what he was saying. And so anywho, she had him come in tonight. He was supposed to be off, but he came in and he was helping with things here and there and kind of doing a few cleaning chores, but we didn't really get to much because he only had a couple hours. But I like Aiden. He's a good worker. Um, but yeah, with my general manager, she sat around on her phone all day at the computer, acting like she's doing paperwork and shit. You know she's not doing any paperwork. She's looking down at her phone. And I'm not talking about like, oh, five minutes here and five minutes there. She's literally standing at that computer for like 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then she says, oh, I'm going to go out to my car and have a cigarette break. My head's not feeling too good. She's on painkillers. She's on narcos, which everybody knows that you're not supposed to be able you're not supposed to be driving while you're on painkillers. It even says on the bottle not to drive a car. Um so she admitted to me that she's taking drugs and driving. It's not very smart. Even if you're prescribed something and you get pulled over, and you're under the influence of something, you can still get arrested. Because it says on the bottle not to fucking take it and run machinery or whatever. So, anywho, she's just a very careless manager. And I feel like we can do without her, honestly. It was kind of rough whenever she wasn't there, I'm not going to lie, because I didn't know how to do all the paperwork, like running the dough prep list and stuff like that. But, I mean, for the most part, we got it figured out. We got by for a whole week, week and a half without her, without a dough prep list, without anything. So, it's all about having common sense. And so... You know, I would say, oh, it's a Monday, this is probably, this is what we did last week, this is probably what we're going to do this week. And that's what I built to, that's what I made, you know. Um, okay, we need 80 breadsticks, we've already got 30 in there, you know, so that's what I was doing. And um, I was getting paid the same amount of money that I was as a shift lead and I was doing more work. I was doing her job, my job, other people's jobs. I had one work one worker that tried to walk out on me one day and he came back five minutes later and got his ass back to work because he knew he knew that at the end of the day it's nothing personal. You know, um and I've told people this. I don't, I don't yell at people. I don't really raise my voice. I mean, I have raised my voice. When I tell you something and you don't listen, and I tell you something again and you don't listen, then I'm going to start getting pissed. So, for the most part, I've told people, as a manager, I'm very easy to get along with. You know, I, I believe you treat your workers good, they're going to treat you good. But when I'm lenient with my workers and they think they can get away with shit, they think they can ignore me or whatever. They think they're just gonna 
walk out of there without having all their shit done. That's not going to happen. So then that's whenever people start to not like me. So it's kind of like, you know, when you're punished by your parents. You don't like it, but you know it's necessary. So I've been stuck in this, this rut for a long time where I've been picking up all the slack. I've been working harder than what I should and not getting the pay or the hours that I really deserve. And I haven't been getting the time to be able to go out there and look for another job because I get one day off, then I got to be back. Then I get another day off, then I got to be back. And a lot of those times, I have to do laundry one day. I have to get my rest, you know. Do my shopping, shit like that. And maybe one day, you know, I'm tired, I'm not feeling it, so I decide to sleep in. It's been pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. I know I shouldn't be there. I know I should find another job. But at the same time, I can't. I can't because I can't get the free time off. So, hmm. Man. That's some good brandy. So, um, you know, I've got so much stress going on right now. I've got rent that's due coming up. got Christmas that's coming up. I haven't even started Christmas shopping. I haven't even got the money together for rent. So I'm really stressed. And I hope over the next few days that I get the money that I need to be able to pay rent. Um, it's been so tight lately that I don't have anything to eat right now. That's how bad it is. I don't get any link or uh, public assistance or anything. I pay for all my groceries. I pay for all my bills. All my weed. All my habits. You know, like cigarettes, drinking. I pay for everything. So, um, so yeah, when it comes down to it, like, weeks like this week I've got to pay rent I have to there's there's no question about it and if that means me doing without to pay rent then I'll I'll have to and it's it's nothing that I haven't done in the past you know I can remember back at my last apartment I lived there for like five years but for the majority of the time I lived paycheck to paycheck I made less than what I make now. It was harder to get ahead. If I if I even could at all. You know, like I said, a lot of months I had to do without. And I started starving myself. Not because I wanted to, but because I had to pay rent. And I just didn't have the money to pay rent and pay for groceries and to be able to smoke weed. God forbid I needed to get a pair of shoes or my bike tire needs to be changed or something comes along. And back then I was actually driving a car. So I was paying rent, paying insurance, paying gas, paying groceries, and paying for weed. 
and I was driving a Lincoln that took premium gas. That was back, you know, five to eight years ago, and it was three fifty four dollars a gallon. Whenever I was pumping gas, it was like two something for everybody else. But I was paying for gas for something eight years ago. So all these people that are complaining and whining that they have to pay four or five dollars a gallon. Now they know what it feels like whenever I had to put premium in my tank every day or every other day. I'm glad when I look back at it, I'm like, man, I really wish I had that car still. I would give almost anything to be able to have that same car. I don't want another Lincoln. I want that same fucking car. Had a lot of good times in that car. Um, and it was solid, too. I love Lincolns. I don't know why. They're just really solid fucking cars. Whether you get one that's a 68 Lincoln or a 97 Lincoln Continental, they're just good cars. And a lot of people don't know, but they're basically a Ford. It's a fucking luxury Ford, basically. Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury are part of the same motor company. So, the 32-valve V8 dual overhead cam 4.6 liter, which is what the Lincoln Continental had, was the bee's knees back in 1997. There was no other car you know, back then besides the 5.0 Mustang that could have even kept up to that car. And then you had the air suspension that made the ride softer and smoother and you had the big back seats and the big trunk. It was kind of like having a big boat, you know. If you remember the 70s and 80s Lincolns, you know, they had the big fucking land yachts. <clears throat> it wasn't quite as long but it was pretty fucking long. And the thing about 90s cars is they're all made out of metal for the most part. They're not made out of plastic or fiberglass like these newer cars. So when you hit somebody, they're going to feel it. Um, I felt a lot more safer whenever I was in that car. I think 90s cars are a lot more safer than today's cars. You know, you had the good old-fashioned airbag and the seatbelt. That's all you need. All these new cars have sensors and fucking, you know, automatic fucking stopping control and whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think there's too much technology in today's cars. A good old-fashioned kind of guy. So, I've been thinking about getting a car, but I've been thinking right now is not the time. I don't have the money for it. I'd love to get a car, but paying $150 a month for insurance or even $100 a month plus the gas, that's probably like $300 right there. And that's, I, if I had $300 more a month, then I could save it and get ahead. 
So, I'm probably not going to be getting ahead anytime soon. Unless I can pick up another part-time job. And I don't want to do that. Because I already get worked to death. You know, I might get 30 to 35 hours. If I'm lucky, I might get 38. But a lot of days I go in there, you know, it's 3 o'clock until 10 o'clock at night. And that's, a, that's a, you know, sometimes it's a 10-hour day. Sometimes it's an 11-hour day. Sometimes it's just a 6-hour day. It just depends. But the thing is, I'm worn out at the end of those shifts. And I think to myself, how the fuck do you think that you're going to be able to go and work somewhere early in the morning until like noon or one or two or whatever and then get off there and then go to work for the rest of the day? And I was sitting there in the bathroom one day just thinking about that. And I'm like, you could do it. You know, you might, you might not be able to do it five days a week or seven days a week or whatever, but you can do it for three days a week. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be fucking terrible. But if you can suck it up and you can work that part-time job a few days a week, you know, I feel like that's the only fucking way to get ahead. That's the only way. To be able to suck it up and deal with the misery that, that comes along with it. Because it's not going to be fun either way. No job is fun. But if you can get ahead, you can save up, you can get the fuck out of that position. That's how, that's how the story is played. So... Then I also was talking about, um, you know, last night I was talking to a co-worker about possibly being a cop. I think I might have talked about it on my last podcast. I'm pretty sure I did. But they're dying for police officers in every state and in every city that you go to. It's almost like a guaranteed job. And I told my coworker, you know, making 50 grand a year or 60 grand a year, which is what they're getting paid, just just for an entry level, even if I was making 40 grand a year, I think that's worth it to me. You know, somebody that's used to making, oh, you know, 18, 20 grand a year, to be able to make twice as much would... I would not only have money to pay my bills and have food and all that, have clothes, but I'd have money to be able to put back and save. And nobody says you got to be a cop for 20 years. You know, you do it for 10 years, you save up the money, you retire. Or if you've been doing it for 10 years and you think you're good at it and you think you can do another 10 years, then you retire. That's just the way it goes. All I'm trying to do is get ahead. 
the easiest, fastest way that I can. And the easiest way is going down there right now. Well, I'm not going to say it's easy, but to quit smoking and to go down there right now and become a police officer. And that is a very, very big commitment. That's a very big step. Because in the back of my mind, I say, oh yeah, I can handle that. I can do that. No question about it. I can, you know, at first I used to be scared of my safety and, oh, you might get shot. You might not make it home. But you are in charge. You are in control of whether you make it home or not. If someone pulls a gun on you, shoot them motherfuckers. You know? And it all comes down to... You know, these cops that do get killed are generally new cops or cops that haven't been on the force for more than five years who let their fucking guard down. And like I said before in the past, I feel like being a part of the crime unit or the drug unit would be a lot safer than to be out on the streets doing random stops. Because when you're doing random stops... You don't know what the fuck you're going to pull up on. It could be an ex-con or an ex-felon with a gun in the car. They're not trying to go back to prison. But when you're kicking in people's doors and they don't even know that you're coming, eh, it's kind of a little bit safer. They're not going to be able to run and grab their gun. So, there's always a chance for that. But, you know, I... I couldn't see myself just being a regular street beat cop. Sitting on the side of the street, waiting for somebody to pull over, being bored, you know, waiting for some action. If I'm going to be a cop, if I'm going to put my life on the line, I want to have some fucking excitement that comes along with it. I don't know. You know, maybe it's just me kind of becoming a little homicidal and suicidal again. But it's a it's a it's a crazy world out there, and you're either gonna make money or you're not. And I know it sounds bad, but if that means me becoming a cop, then that's what it means. You know, if it you know all these drug dealers out there and murderers and rapists and shit. If that means me becoming a, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? If that means me joining the force and me being a hard ass and coming down on all these criminals, then that's what the fuck it means. I'm going to get my money no matter which way. Eventually. Eventually. I'm not going to stay working at Pizza Hut for forever. I can tell you that. And I'm getting older. I'm getting older. There's no, you know, 20 years from now, I'm going to be 52 years old. And I have to start thinking about a retirement. Even if that retirement isn't really enough. It's going to be enough to pay my bills while I work another part-time job or, you know, 
and I could do that for another 10 years, 15 years. I might be 70 years old by then. But I have a feeling that if you make if you make 50 grand a year and you're used to living off of 15, 20 grand a year, you're going to pocket all that money. I know a lot of people go out there and they blow the shit, they just spend it willy-nilly. I'm not like that. So let's say okay. Let's say you spend half of it and you live off of it, just like I've been doing. And I know I can get I can get by on 20 grand a year. Paying bills, buying groceries, all that stuff. So I can save another 20 grand a year for five years and have a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account saved up. And that's not gonna last me for forever, but that's gonna be a very good cushion. If I was to lose my job, or I wanted to transfer states, or maybe I wanted to take a couple years off and kind of realize what I wanted to do with my life, that would give me that, that breathing room. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be an easy way. There is no such thing as an easy way to make money. You're going to have to deal with risks no matter where you go. Some of those risks have to deal with your life, and some of those risks have to deal with you just being broke for the rest of your life. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to be broke. So, my coworker had told me, you know, <clears throat> He doesn't believe in cops because cops infringe on people's rights and cops treat people badly and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, that's not every cop. You're, you're giving good cops a bad name. I said, yeah, you know, there might be half the cops are bad and half the cops are good. Or even three quarters of the cops are bad. But that's not all cops. You know, like, if I was to be a police officer, would you think the same way about me? And he said, well, no, I would think that you would be a pretty down-to-earth, pretty good, genuine person. And I said, yeah, that's exactly why I want to be a cop. If I can just get off with writing you a warning, that's what I'm going to do. If you haven't had any prior, you know dealings with the cops and I just pull you over a hundred percent of the time I'm gonna give you a warning period and then some other co-worker chimed in and was like yeah but you can't do that because your higher-ups will kinda of get on your ass about meeting your quota and blah 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 well if they're willing to fire you over not meeting your quota then you could quit that job or get fired and find a different job for another police precinct somewhere else. Um, 
it's when you start getting in major trouble and shit where you probably won't be able to be a cop anywhere. Um, and that's any job, any job you go to. It's like, okay, um, if you're a police officer and you don't meet your quota, you gotta deal with your boss bitching about how you didn't make any money. It's the same thing with working at a pizza place. If you don't make your money, if you got a whole bunch of voids and fucked up tickets and you didn't make any money, they're going to be looking at you like, hey, where the fuck's all our money at? It's the same thing. Whether you work at a pizza place or you're a police officer, it's the same thing. You have to deal with the higher-ups. You have to deal with being a slave to society. You have to deal with people telling you what to do. And it's up to you to say, yeah, I'm going to do that. Or, no, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't seem right. I'm not going to do it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, it's all about money. So, yeah, you know, being a police officer, you can make the neighborhood a better, better place. So it's not all about the money, but 90% of it is about the money. If you're not paying me enough to risk my life, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. But, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to balance and weigh things and think about it. You know, there is a chance that you could get killed and you never go home. But... The stress and the mentality from dealing with depression and everything, from dealing with working a piece of shit job that's going to get you nowhere, is going to be more detrimental to your health over the long run. Over the next five, ten years, if I was to continue working for this pizza place, it would kill me. It would just make me old and I would have nothing to show for it. So either way, it's either you're going to grow old and you're not going to have anything to show for it and you're still going to be broke and you're not going to be able to find a job because you're 50 years old or you're going to get a job risking your life and there's a chance that maybe you can make something else out of it. And I, I, I don't know. Like, it's a very... It's a very gray line. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm to the point where I don't care. I don't care anymore. You know, I want the money. I want the experience and the money. I want to be able to put in my time and let's say I do five years here. And I decide, oh, I want to move to Arizona. I could put in a transfer to Arizona or I could put in my application and nine times out of ten 
if you've already been at a police precinct or anything for any length amount of time, you've already got the training, you already know the ins and outs, it's going to be very, very easy for you to get a job somewhere else in another city. Very easy. You just go, you put in your app, and bam. You're a police officer for Oak Grove, or for Leland Grove, or Southern View. Police officers have a very hard job, and they get they get dogged out a lot. And the thing that I want to bring to the table is I want to be a fair but firm police officer. I want to be, you know, I want to go into the ghetto and I want to have black people that look at me as kind of like a part of them, part of the neighborhood. I don't want to be against them. I don't want to be against anybody, but I want the neighborhood to flourish. I don't want, and that's what I tried to explain to my coworker was, do you want drug dealers that are selling bricks of cocaine out of their house right next door to where you live and you're raising a kid? You, you know, because my coworker just had a kid. And I'm like, do you want your kid to grow up 10 years from now and be out playing in the front yard and see drug dealers coming along at all hours of the day with sketchy fucking people, heroin addicts or coke addicts or whatever? No. Selling guns, selling drugs and shit. You don't want that shit. Nobody wants that shit in their neighborhood. And if we can stop these, you know impoverished areas these poor areas from doing that maybe we can make them better you know the east side is fucking terrible and they talk about how the east side of my of my city is it doesn't grow it doesn't get any business it doesn't it just has been so impoverished it's been so neglected and this and that Well, that's because who the fuck wants to open up a business or anything when you are got people robbing people and killing people and shit, you know? And then you get people that come from Decatur, you get people that come from Bloomington, Champaign, Chicago, all these bigger areas, and they leave because they've got warrants and shit. They're wanted by the law, so they, they leave the city and they come to this city even though it's in the same state they think oh I can get away from getting caught in Champaign or Bloomington because I'm going to move here guns guns have probably become within the past five years have become so bad it's not even funny this this city is becoming more like Chicago by the minute because all those people are coming from Chicago and living here because 
they have warrants, they're wanted criminals, they're, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then those same people that have warrants, that have a record, that are wanted by the police, they can go down to human services and get a link card and get free food and get free cash assistance and shit. Fuck that. Run their name, find out who they are. If they're a wanted individual, they shouldn't get shit. They should notify the authorities. The authorities should show up at their house and arrest the motherfuckers. Period. But that's not how it goes here. So, this city is a dying city. There is nothing here. There's nothing here. There's nothing to see, there's nothing to do, there's no opportunities. Um, the only thing that we have here that's going for us is, this is the place where Abe Lincoln grew up. Well, this is the place that Abe Lincoln tried to make a light. And um, I'm all about history and everything, don't get me wrong. But that was back in the 1800s. And people get it really mixed up and confused. Like, Abe Lincoln was a good guy. I'm not going to put him down. But Abe Lincoln was also a politician. And back then, the only people that had money to be able to build houses with a fireplace in it and a stove and all these other amenities and stuff was rich people. People that had money. People that were notorious. People that were politicians. Like Abe Lincoln. And I like Abe Lincoln. But at the same time, he was over glamorized. He was a normal fucking person like you and me who got a silver spoon basically put in his mouth because he spoke up and wanted to abolish slavery. Okay? He made some good steps to abolish slavery. He really did. But, the, but you know, I don't know. At the end of the day... Abe Lincoln is over-glamorized. Over-glamorized. Let's say that. And there's no way around it. I mean, who else do you know about that lived in Abe Lincoln's day? That was good friends with him, or people that worked alongside of him, or do you ever hear their names? No, because they don't, they don't matter. Because they're not a politician, see? That's just the way it goes. Politics run everything. And I'm really curious, you know, I know Lincoln had his own law firm and whatnot. Um, Vachel Lindsay was a big part of uh, Abraham Lincoln and so on and so forth, but... It is, you know, I believe in history, like I said, but it is a 
what am I looking for? The history that they're trying to feed people is not really what happened. And not only that, but the history that they're trying to feed people doesn't really... What's, I mean, it's really hard to explain. Nobody really knows who the fuck Lincoln was. Nobody knows what he was about, what he was like, what his his habits were, what his traits were. Because nobody nobody is around, nobody is alive anymore that was alive when he was around. So everything that is said about Abraham Lincoln is all hearsay. And I'm sure back in Abe Lincoln's day, there was plenty of people that said he was a piece of shit or he only thought about himself or, you know, he says he's for the people but he's not doing shit about it. And that's that's what goes on in today's politics. So the only good thing that Abraham Lincoln has going for him is that he tried to abolish slavery. Period. There are many great men out there. Many great men. Abraham Lincoln wasn't the only great man that lived in his time. Honestly, he should have been Abraham Lincoln should have been a little bit more serious whenever it came to being president. There's no reason why he should have been going to a theater without any bodyguards or protection. And that's why he got assassinated. Because he let his guard down. I'm pretty sure after Abraham Lincoln got assassinated, that's whenever they came up with Secret Service. I don't know. It would make sense. But, um, I can only imagine being a president back in the 1800s and not having any protection, not having any guns, not having any bodyguards, and just wanting to go to a theater for the evening, right? Why? Why would you, you know, I don't know. I think back then, people didn't really have to worry about their protection and their safety as much as what they do, because it was kind of like the wild, wild west, and if you pull a gun on me, I'm going to pull a gun on you, but Abraham Lincoln was the kind of guy that, he didn't carry a gun, he probably didn't even believe in guns, and that ultimately came down to how he was assassinated, so... When you become too complacent, and you become too cocky, and too bold, that's what happens. So, so many people think that they know about American culture, and about history, and not just with white history, with presidents, and the Civil War, and the Underground Railroad, and all that. But
there are black people right now, African Americans, that want to tear down statues everywhere. They've been doing it for a while, ever since COVID came out. And they want to tear down statues of General Lee. They want to tear down statues of, you know, anybody that was part of the Confederacy, blah, blah, blah. Even people that weren't part of the Confederacy. And there was a statue that was the Emancipation Statue. And black people wanted to tear it down. Because they said that it... The statue glamorizes slavery and this and that. The Emancipation Statue is a symbol for the people that were slaves of what they accomplished. And without the emancipation, black people would probably still be without their rights. So it makes no sense whatsoever why people want to tear down the emancipation statue. It was actually paid for by slaves back in the day. The Emancipation Statue was funded by black people. It was paid for by black slaves. So for you to come around 50 years or 100 years later or whatever and, and try and denote that is it's crazy. It's crazy, you know, people want to wash away their history, they want to wash away the United States history, and that's basically what made you who you are. You know, you're talking about how slavery was so bad, and you should be uh, given, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, fuck. I don't know. Black people still to this day think that white people and the government owe them money for the way that slaves were treated. That was 300 years ago. It has nothing to do with today. And it was terrible. It was wrong. But it has nothing to do with today. And to think that taxpayers and the government is going to pay you money for something that happened 300 years ago is crazy. It's crazy. You know, if I could get paid from 300 years ago from how the British treated my ancestors when the British came and tried to take over America and my ancestors had to fight in the fucking war in the American Revolution, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. So... It doesn't make any sense. It's just people that are trying to get free money, trying to make the white man look bad, trying to make the government look bad. But I say this to everybody. If you don't like the way things are going in America, get the fuck out. Get out. You know, I don't like a lot of things that goes on with politics. And there's a lot of things that I think were wrong and whatnot. But you don't see me 
leaving this country and going to Africa. You don't see me leaving this country and going to Europe. Because things are too good here in America. For now. And I'm not trying to be racially biased or anything, but... Um, you know, and I don't know the percentages or anything, but let's just say, let's just say a third of the black people that live in America live off of welfare. They live off the government. They live off of free food that gets put in their fucking house free health care, free schooling, and they want to talk about how the government is so terrible. Go to fucking Europe. Go somewhere, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, we don't want to do that. Because we have the right to be here. We were born here. Okay, well, if you were born here and you have the right to be here, then stop complaining about what's happened up until now because we have overcame so much shit in this country so much shit I mean it's it's unfathomable you know to be able to look back to the 70s the 60s and see black kids that couldn't go to white schools white kids that couldn't drink out of black water fountains. That's crazy. But if you look at it, nowadays, there's all black colleges. White, white kids can't go to black colleges. That's segregation. You have um, black entertainment television. You don't have a white entertainment television. That's segregation. So you got black people that are segregating themselves from society on purpose. They're doing it on purpose. You have black families, and I see this all the time, who are racist as fuck. And they, they, you know, these kids have to go home and they have to listen to their mom, listen to their dad, talking about the white man did this to him. It makes them a racist. There's no way around it. If that's all you were born, you know, if you were born and raised that way, that's what you're going to be. So, it's the same thing with white people. You know, a lot of black people talk about, oh, it's so bad to see this white person that's part of the KKK. They were born that way. They were raised that way to believe that. And that's it's not their fault. That's how they were raised. It's the same thing with black people. It's not their fault that they're racist, necessarily. It's how they were raised. But we have to realize that that's wrong. That's not how we should be treating our kids. That's not how we should be raising the next generation. And that's not the way it's going. So, anywho, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast 
where it is. And I'm probably going to make another one um, at the 55 minute mark. I need to make another one. I don't know how long it's going to be. It could be 15 minutes. Who knows? But got so much to say, not enough time to say it. So I try my damnedest nowadays. Because I have black friends, I have black family, and I'm just a good person all the way around. And I try my damnedest to put these racists and shit on the back burner and hope and pray that there are good people out there that actually aren't racist, that actually want what's best for everybody. But, you know, as time goes on, it just gets worse. So, I don't know. And now, with all the walls and everything that's going on in Illinois, it's crazy. Like, there's a law that they just passed to where if you're an attempted murderer or if you're a... If you got felony fleeting and eluding... If you've got um, so many charges, there's so many charges, they just let you go. There's no cash bond, nothing. They just, you don't even go to jail. You just get a notice to appear in court. So, we'll talk about that on the next podcast but till then it was real it was fun it hasn't been real fun deuces